Lord be with you. A reading from the conclusion of the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. The eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had ordered them. When they saw him, they worshipped, but they doubted. Then Jesus approached and said to them, All power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. The Gospel of the Lord. This is the third week of final week of the three week series. If you haven't been here and you've been traveling, um, we've been going through the three munera or the three duties of every Christian. So we started with priest, the duty to be a priest. Then we then we went with the duty to be a prophet or a preacher, a teacher. If you miss those, you can go to Trivia with the Padre podcast and look up uh, the, the homilies are, are posted there. So this is the last week. So priest, prophet and king, the duty to be a king, to reign, to be a shepherd, to guide. It's an appropriate duty or munera to talk about. Uh, on the Feast of the Ascension, because this is the feast where we celebrate, remember Jesus ascending to his throne in heaven to be Christ the King, enthroned the kingdom of God, initiated. If we're Christians, which means a little Christ, then we, we have a high priest. We have to be a little priests. He is the truth. And we have to be preachers of the truth, prophets. If he is Christ the King, then we have to be Kings and queens. A scriptural way of viewing this is that uh, we have to have dominion. That's the, the Old Testament word. We hear it in the very first book of the Bible. He says, God says, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fishes of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle and so on and so forth. Right. So have dominion. What, is, what does that mean? I want you to think less of. You know, we, we have dominion, we get a word, the word dominate, right? No, dominate is, is not what I want you to think, because that has bad connotations. That has like, you're playing pickup basketball with me and I dominated you, okay? I'm not talking about that. You, I, you would dominate me right now because I have a back injury, but that's beside the point. I want you to think of Lord, to have stewardship, right? Dominate, dominus, it means Lord, to have lordship over what God has given you. Stewardship. Basically, it's the duty to take care of what's been given to you. Everyone has a different realm. Everyone has a different uh, part of society that is under your care. It means to tend it, to be a shepherd. And so there's three ways in which Christians, all Christians are called to have dominion, to shepherd, to steward in this world. Or at least these are the three we're going to talk about. The first is our world. We hear it in Genesis, right? Have stewardship, have dominion over the earth. So I'm going to talk about global warming. I'm just joking. I'm not talking about global warming. Um, 
But I am going to talk about our necessity. See, this is the Catholic teaching. And sometimes we get lost in the weeds and people have different ideas and understandings and opinions about particulars, right, about global warming. And the problem is, is that whenever we find something that we might disagree with that is radical, that is out there, we tend to be a pendulum that swings to the other side. And so when people, let's say someone might be very radical and they, they care for and they love animal life and the dignity of animal life more than human life, which is kind of ridiculous, then we, we say, you know what? I'm the pendulum swinging. I'm throwing it all out. And we throw the baby out with the bathwater and we don't care about the environment. That's not what it means to be Catholic. So here's the basic teaching of the church. It's a catechism. Each of the various creatures willed in its own being reflects in its own way a ray of God's infinite wisdom and goodness. If you like the outdoors, you know that. If, you, if you're a hunter, you know that. You sit in the, the blind and the stand and you look out and you see God's creation. You're seeing God. Man must therefore respect the particular goodness of every creature to avoid any disordered use of things which would be in contempt of the creator and would be disastrous in its consequences for human beings and their environment. So we as Catholics must respect creation because God gave it to us and said, have stewardship over it. Don't abuse it for your own personal gains. That's the problem throughout history. All sin kind of boils down to selfishness. And so it's about what I want And I don't care what it does to the world. I don't care what it does to others around me. And I don't care what it does to future generations. That's not a Catholic stance. We have dominion, lordship, kingship over this earth. The second place or realm of lordship or shepherding, stewardship, is our kids, our young people. Remember the principle, you have the duty To lead and guide those whom the Lord has given you authority over. The most important duty in this regard and with our kids is their spiritual formation. The most important duty is their soul. I think a lot of people get the duty of giving them a good education. Like, you know, the X's and O's, the science and the math and everything. We, we might want to raise them. We talked about this in previous weeks, like give them like really great opportunities when it comes to sports and human formation, athletics. But the most important thing is their spiritual formation. If our kids grow up and become, you know, a brave center fielder, fielder, Atlanta Braves, win a World Series and they go to hell. Well, we failed. If they grow up to be very successful, they're at the top of their class, they're valedictorian, they go to college, they get a great job, they make all kinds of money, and they're very successful, and they don't love people around them, we failed. The most important thing is their spiritual formation. In fact, you have succeeded as a parent if your child seems to the world to be a disappointment, and yet they're holy. Would you believe that? Would you believe that? If they didn't reach the worldly standards of excellence and yet they love the Lord and they go to heaven, would you thank God for that? Because that, then your job's done. 
The gospel says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. This is your duty. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we have to baptize them. Most of us get that done. Okay, most of us call up. Hey, we got a baby. Got to baptize it. Cool. But then it says, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. It doesn't stop with baptism. They get baptized and that's like, you're, you're like the plumber, okay? And you set up the plumbing and you hook it up and the water's coming. But guess what the rest of their life is? You turn it on the faucet. Getting the grace. Living in the grace of their baptism. Teaching them. The most important thing is a relationship with the Lord. We have to raise our kids. We can't let our kids guide us. Another way I see this often, I mean, I was a coach, uh, I taught in high school, I was a chaplain in high school. I saw many examples throughout my years of parents trying to be their kid's friend. You're not their friend. You're their shepherd. You're their parent. You have a duty, a munera, to guide them, not to be ruled by them. That's your duty. The last thing I want to talk about, this is the most important because I haven't talked about it ever, is your duty to dominate, to rule, to shepherd your own passions. What does that mean? That's weird. I don't mean passions as in like your hobbies. Like I'm really passionate about this thing. No, and I don't mean passion like the passion of Christ, like the suffering. The passions I'm talking about are our emotions, right? Our feelings. The passions are feelings or emotions or movements of the appetite that incline us to act in a certain way. Basically, passions are how you feel about something or someone. They're also our desires for something or someone. And so you are called to let reason rule your passions and not let your passions rule you. We all have desires. We all have inclinations. We all have passions. And one of the major problems with the world is we allow our passions, our desires, our inclinations to rule us. We just act and we fulfill it without thinking. You know who else has passions, feelings, emotions? Your dog. I want you to think of your dog. Just think of your dog's face. Cute, cute little dog with tongues hanging out. I don't know how dogs sound when their tongue is hanging out, but your dog has feelings. That the church teaches this. Thomas Aquinas says this. Your dog have, has emotions. Your dog has passions. You know what your dog does not have? Reason. You have reason. You are made in the image and likeness of God. So your dog acts upon their passions, their emotions, their feelings, their desires, because they're an animal. When we don't allow our reason that God gave us to order our passions, we base ourselves like animals. Because we are. We're animals. We've got passions, emotions, desires. But we're not just animals. We're human beings. We're made in the image and likeness of God. Here's a couple of examples. I just want to go through some examples. Okay, my first confession. Don't worry, I'm, I was like six, okay? It's not going to be that exciting. Um, I, I remember the main thing I confessed was when I was like six years old, I stole some candy. And I remember just like I wanted the candy. I had a desire for the candy, didn't have money. And so I grabbed the candy and I took it because I was following my passions. It was a minor thing, but... Later, did I use my reason to understand, okay, I hurt my soul. I might have hurt this business, this person, right? Even in a small way, but as you grow older and it gets bigger and bigger, you hurt people. 
and you hurt God and you hurt yourself, you hurt your own soul. My reason was able to tell me that. And you can apply this to any of your own situations where you want something, but you have got to allow your reason to say, guess what? That's not the truth. That's not what's good for me or for my family or for society, because reason tells me so. The Lord tells me so. You are called to be a priest, to sanctify the world and make it holy. You're called to be a prophet, to teach and instruct yourselves and those around you. You are called to be a king, to have dominion over the world, over the realms in your life, and over your own heart. Do not allow your passions to rule you. Allow them to be the fuel that powers your reason towards what is good. And then you'll be a priest, prophet, and a king. Please stand for our profession of faith.